Imagine your new bathroom. A sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I'm Pamela Clark, founder and director of the New Heights Educational Group. And I'm here with David Smith, the founder of Silicon Valley High School, who has helped us get these podcasts produced and delivered to you. Yes, Pamela, when we saw the great things that you and your army of volunteers were achieving at New Heights, we wanted to get involved. We're happy to work with you to leverage the internet and make quality education accessible and affordable to everyone, everywhere. Thank you, David. We appreciate Silicon Valley High School helping us to get these podcasts out to the hundreds of thousands of listeners from all over the world. So I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to New Heights Show on Education. Education. This is your host, Kathy Woodring. This week's topic is Civics 101. Right now, you might be struggling through your classes or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group educational resources to help reach your goals. Now to the show topic, Civics 101. Because knowing how government operates helps in making responsible voting citizens, a simple civics course may be of help. Government controls much of our lives, and the American system of government allows people to vote for good representatives in efforts to establish a good life. CongressForKids.net provides a quick summary of American government. The United States has had the same type of government for more than 200 years. It's called a representative democracy. Among the nations of the world, it is unusual for a system of government to last so long. Most governments are based on a written set of principles, sometimes called a constitution or charter. When citizens directly participate by voting, the government is called a democracy, democracy versus autocracy. The power and strength of government come from the people in a democracy. The word democracy comes from two Greek words, demos meaning people, and kratos meaning power or authority. The United States is a democracy. Some countries have autocratic, gover- autocratic governments. The word autocracy Autocracy, the opposite of democracy, comes from the Greek words autos, meaning self, and kratos, meaning power. In an autocratic government, one person or group holds all the power. Without, that partic- without the participation or sometimes even the consent of the people, the original 13 colonies. During America's first 150 years, most of the settlers came from Great Britain. 
Along America's Atlantic coast, these colonists built settlements that became what are commonly called the original 13 colonies. The British settlers lived under the rule of the King of England. They worked hard building homes, farms, and towns, even though they did not own these places. The settlers worked so hard that they wanted to be involved in making decisions about their lives and property. The British knew that the colonists wanted independence, but the British instead tried to take more control of the colonists. By the mid-1770s, King George III and the British government taxed everyday goods such as tea. Colonists resented the imposition of these revenue measures for the crown and objected to British interference with their commercial practices. The Declaration of Independence, Part 1. The Revolutionary War broke out on April 19, 1775, at the Battle of Lexington and Concord. By the time the Second Continental Congress met in May 1775 to discuss stronger action for independence, tensions in the American colonies ran very high. Colonists who did not wish to remain British subjects declared themselves patriots. Those who remained faithful to, the, to England called themselves loyalists. On June 11, 1776, the Second Continental Congress appointed a committee of five men to write a Declaration of Independence from British rule. These five men were Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, Benjamin Franklin, Robert Livingston, and Roger Sherman. Jefferson wrote the first draft. The committee declared it to be almost perfect. Perfect. The committee presented, presented the document to the Congress after making a few corrections. Following a few more changes, Thomas Jefferson's work was approved. Church bells rang out on July 4, 1776, the day the Declaration of Independence was adopted and our, na our nation was officially born. The Declaration of Independence, Part 2. The Declaration of Independence has five parts. They are the preamble, the statement of human rights, charges against human rights, charges against the king and parliament, and the statement of separation of and signatures. The main purpose of the Declaration of Independence was to announce the colonies' separation from England. It also stated the principles that were the foundation for seeking independence. The Declaration of Independence states that all men are created equal and are entitled to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. These ideas would be expressed again in the New Republic's Constitution. These ideas form the basis of our beliefs about the role of our government in our lives today. The Articles of Confederation. The Continental Congress wrote the Articles of Confederation during the Revolutionary War. The articles were written to give the colonies some sense of a unified government. Once the 13 colonies began, became the 13 states, however, each one began to act alone in its own best interest. A new government document was needed in order for these new states to act together to become a nation. The Articles of Confederation became effective on March 1, 1781, after all 13 states had ratified them. 
the Articles made the states and legislature supreme. There, there was no executive branch. Judicial functions were very limited. The resulting government was weak. Efforts to make it stronger failed. A convention called in May 1787 to rewrite the Articles decided to draft an entirely new constitution. Powers of the Federal Government Once ratified, the Constitution set the basis for the government we have today. Powers are divided between the federal or national government and the 50 states. The Founding Fathers knew that they had to leave enough powers with the states when they were writing the Constitution. If they didn't, they knew the state legislatures would never ratify the Constitution. All states were granted the right to control certain things within their borders. They could do so as long as they did not interfere with the rights of other states or the nation. The three branches of government. Delegates at the Constitutional Convention also wanted to divide power within the federal government. They did not want these powers to be controlled by just one man or one group. The delegates were afraid that if a small group received too much power, the United States would wind up under the rule of another dictator or tyrant. To avoid the risk of dictatorship or tyranny, the group divided the new government into three parts or branches, the executive branch, the legislative branch, and the judicial branch. The executive branch, headed by the president, The president carries out federal laws and recommends new ones, directs national defense and foreign policy, and performs ceremonial duties. Powers include directing government, commanding the armed forces, dealing with international powers, acting as chief law enforcement officer, and vetoing laws. The legislative branch, headed by Congress, which includes the House of Representatives and the Senate, the main tax task of these two bodies is to make laws. The powers include passing laws, originating spending bills in the House, impeaching officials in the Senate, and approving treaties in the Senate. Judicial branch, headed by the Supreme Court, its powers include interpreting the Constitution, reviewing laws, and deciding cases involving states' rights checks and balances. By creating three branches of government, the delegates built a check and balance system into the Constitution. This system was built so that no one branch of our government could be too powerful. Each branch is restrained by the other two in several ways. For example, the president may veto a law passed by Congress. Congress can override that veto with a vote of two-thirds of both houses. Another example is that the Supreme Court may check Congress by declaring a law unconstitutional. The power is balanced by the fact that the members of the Supreme Court are appointed by the President. These appointments have to be approved by Congress. Amendments. Very few things last long without change. Nothing is perfect. The writers of the Constitution realized this when they presented the first 12 amendments to the Constitution. This podcast is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School, the world's fastest-growing, video-based, self-paced, 
teacher-supported, fully accredited online school that's recommended by more than 96% of students. Take individual courses at just $95 each or earn your high school diploma at any age. Check us out at svhs.co. Amendments to the Constitution can be either additions or changes to the original text. This is not easy to change the Constitution. Since 1787, over 9,000 amendments have been proposed, but only 27 have been approved. A recent example of a change to the Constitution has to do with a woman's right to vote. Women were not allowed to vote when the Constitution was adopted. Times have changed since 1920, and women gained the right to vote with the passage of the 19th Amendment. The Constitution is flexible enough to adapt. Introduction to the Legislative Branch Learn all about the U.S. Congress and how it operates at congressforkids.net. Other topics include how laws are made and bills that are vetoed, House of Representatives, House of Representatives. The House of Representatives was established as a result of the Great Compromise. The House is larger than the Senate. The Constitution gave Congress the power to determine the size of the House and to divide, and to divide representation according to state population. States with large populations have more representatives than small states. The Constitution provided at least one representative for each state. Originally, there was one representative for every 30,000 people. Today, there is one representative for several hundred thousand people. There are six states with just one representative per state. They are Alaska, Delaware, North Dakota, South Dakota, Vermont, and Wyoming. California has the most representatives with a total of 53. U.S. Territories. America, Samoa, Guam, Puerto Rico, and the Virgin Islands, and the District of Columbia, Columbia have more limited representation. The Constitution requires a census to be taken every 12 years. If a state's population increases, that state's number of representatives can increase too. There are 59 members at the first session of the House of Representatives. Today, there are 435 members. Representatives are elected to serve for a period of two years. Only the House can introduce spending bills. The Constitution states that the qualifications for being a representative. To be a representative, a person must be at least 25 years old, a U.S. citizen for at least seven years when elected, must be an inhabitant of that state in which he shall be chosen. The Senate. Our country's legislative branch, or Congress, includes another lawmaking body called the Senate. Voters elect two senators from each state, regardless of population size. There is equal representation from each state in the Senate. It doesn't matter if the state is big or small, densely or sparsely populated, or where it is located. Senators are elected every six years. The elections are staggered so that both senators from a state are not elected at the same time so that both senators, both Republican and Democrat from a state, are not elected at the same time. Only the Senate can approve or reject treaties 
and presidential nominations for government offices. The Constitution states the qualifications for being a senator. To be a senator, a person must be at least 30 years old, a U.S. citizen for at least nine years, and have fulfilled the requirements for residency in the state that person wishes to represent. Making laws. A bill is introduced when a member of Congress decides to create a new law. A member of Congress can introduce a bill. Only members of the House may introduce bills that deal with taxes or spending. Before a bill can become a law, both Houses of Congress must pass identical versions of the bill. Once a bill is introduced in either house, it goes through almost the same process. Each bill is first assigned to a committee for review. The bill is tabled or set aside if the committee decides the bill is not worthy. The bill is set to the entire house for debate if the committee decides the bill is worthy worthy of further action. If the bill passes, it is sent to the other house. A joint committee works out any differences the two houses of Congress have concerning a bill. When both houses agree on a bill, the Speaker of the House and the Vice President sign it. The bill must be signed before being sent to the President. In each two-year session, thousands of bills come before Congress. Almost 12,000 bills were introduced in Congress in one recent session. Less than 500 were entered into law. A bill becomes law if the president signs it. The president doesn't always wish to sign the bill. He may choose to say no by vetoing it. If this happens, the bill is sent back to Congress. If two-thirds of all the members of Congress vote yes, the bill still can still become law. The bill dies when there are not enough votes to override the president. For example, when George Bush was president, Congress tried to override his vetoes 36 times, but was successful only once. Sometimes the president decides to do nothing. He may decide neither to sign nor veto a bill. If Congress is in session, the bill becomes law after 10, after 10 days without the president's signature. Otherwise, the bill suffers a pocket veto and does not become law. Introduction to the, exec- to the executive branch at congressforkids.net. You learn about the executive branch of the United States government. Topics include the American president, the president's job, the president's capital, cabinet, the president and Congress, and how the president has fun. The president, Article 2 of the Constitution, the president's qualifications and powers are detailed. In order to be considered for office, a presidential candidate must be at at least 35 years old a natural-born U.S. citizen, and have at least 14 years of residence in the United States. In order for American government to work, cooperation among the three branches is necessary. The nation's chief executive, the president, is the head of the executive branch. The president is the manager or director of the federal government. The president sees that the government runs smoothly and that the laws of the land are enforced and obeyed. 
He promises to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution. The president and vice president serve for a term of four years and can be reelected to a second term. Franklin Delano Roosevelt was the only president to be elected more than twice. He won the presidency four times but died shortly into his last term. The 22nd Amendment to the Constitution was passed in 1951, limiting a president to two terms. The President's Job, Part 1. The writers of the Constitution intended for Congress to be the most powerful branch of government. In recent times, however, the President has become nearly as powerful. Although he is the single most important figure in our our government, he still must have congressional approval for many of his actions. At the beginning of each session of Congress, the President must report on the State of the Union. The President gives his opinion in his important speech of how the country is doing and presents his ideas about what needs to be done the coming year. The work of government moves along smoothly when the President and Co-op and Congress cooperate. Otherwise, very little can be accomplished. This is called gridlock. The President's Job Part 2. The President, as head of the state, acts as the ceremonial head of our government. He travels to other countries to meet with heads of foreign governments. He greets distinguished visitors to the White House. The President works out treaties or agreements with other nations concerning trade and the aid that the United States gives to needy countries. He appoints ambassadors to represent the United States in foreign countries. The President also serves as the Commander-in-Chief of the Armed Forces. He can send them anywhere in the world to protect our interests or to keep peace in troubled places. The President's Cabinet. Many people help the President manage the business of the Executive Branch. His most important advisors are the members of the Cabinet. Over the years, the size of the cabinet has changed. George Washington's first cabinet had just four secretaries. There was one each for the Department of Foreign Affairs, now known as the Department of State, the Treasury, War, now known as the Department of Defense, and an attorney general. The modern cabinet has 15 heads of departments, as well as a number of other important officials. Secretaries of Agriculture, Labor, Health, and Human Services, Housing and Urban Development, Transportation, Energy, Education, and Homeland Security are among some of the other cabinet members, the President and Congress. New laws are first introduced as bills in the two bodies of Congress. A bill has to be approved by both the House and the Senate through a series of vetoes and debates. Once Congress has approved a bill, it is sent to the President, who heads the executive branch. The President has several options about what to do with the bill. He may sign it into law, send it back to Congress to be changed, or veto the bill. Impeachment. When a new President is elected to office, he or she takes an oath that lists many heavy responsibilities. Abuse of power or failure to uphold these responsibilities cannot be tolerated. The Constitution gives the House of Representatives the right to impeach the President. Impeachment means that a charge of misconduct is filed against the President. 
a majority of the members of the House must vote for these changes in order to impeach the President. After the charges of misconduct are filed, the Senate has the power to try impeachment cases like a court. Two-thirds of the senators must vote for conviction. The president may be removed from office and never allowed to hold government position again if he is found guilty. Our 17th president, Andrew Jackson, was impeached while in office. Thirty-five senators found him guilty, just one vote short of two-thirds vote necessary to convict him. Richard Nixon resigned from office rather than face impeachment charges in the Watergate scandal in 1974. President Bill Clinton became the second president to be impeached by the House in 1998. Later, the Senate found him not guilty. Founded and led at also iCivics.org offers many ways to learn civics. Founded and led by Justice Senator Sandra Day O'Connor, iCivics provides students with the tools they need for active participation in democratic action. ELCivics.com summarizes organization of the Congress. At Hillsdale.edu, one study covered is Constitution 101, the problem of majority tyranny and the necessity of union. Overview, the national government under the Articles of Confederation was weak and most political power remained in the hands of the states where state legislatures dominated. These virtually unchecked state legislators passed laws that were characterized by their multiplicity, mutability, and essential injustice. This experience of a weak national government on one hand and a democratic tyranny or majority faction on the other taught the founders that liberty is threatened by government that is too strong, but also by government that is too weak. The Federalist Papers argue that the Constitution solves the problems of a weak national government and majority faction. Federalist 10 proposes a twofold solution to the problem of majority faction, representation in the excluded sphere. Representation will serve to refine and enlarge the public views. In turn, makes possible the extended sphere. The larger amount of territory and greater number of citizens in this extended sphere will produce a multiplicity of interests, which will make it difficult, though not impossible, for a majority to fill an unjust impulse. If an unjust majority impulse does arise, the extended sphere will make it difficult for the majority to turn its unjust impulse into public policy or law. Good night, everyone, and have a great week. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings. Imagine your new bathroom 
sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. Thank you.